Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the CX Goalkeeper Podcast. Your host, Greg, will have smart discussions with friends, experts, and thought leaders on customer experience, transformation, and leadership. Please follow this podcast on your preferred platform. I am sure you will enjoy the next episode with the guest I selected for you. Ladies and gentlemen, today it's really a big, big pleasure because we are going to discuss for the third time the metaverse. And I have really one of the best thought leaders on this topic in the customer experience field. It's Stephen Van Bellingham. Hi, Stephen. How are you? Hey, Greg. I'm, I'm very good. Thank you for having me in your podcast. It's really a great pleasure. Thank you for accepting my invitation shortly before Christmas recording day and uh, we will publish that after in the new year in 2023 i think 2023 will be one big year for metaverse web3 and all these topics but before we deep dive into the web3 and the metaverse we would like to learn a bit more about you and okay. therefore could you please introduce yourself stephen Sure. Um, I'm, I'm a customer experience enthusiast. I'm really fascinated about the topic and I try to look at things always from a customer point of view. And um, my mission in life is basically to, to, to make the world a better place for customers so that they are treated in a better way. And, and to do so, I, I share a lot of content. I publish a lot of content. I do that in my books. I've written five books about customer experience. Uh, I share a lot of my social platforms like Instagram or LinkedIn or, or YouTube. And I give a lot of um, presentations. I'm a keynote speaker. I, I go all over the place to uh, to share some ideas. Next to that, I'm also a co-founder of a company called Nextworks, which is an, um, an inspiration agency. We basically take executives, uh, mainly European executives, and we take them to innovative hubs like Silicon Valley or LA or, or Tokyo or Dubai, Singapore. And then we uh, deep dive during a week into the latest trends of customer experience to really give people a boost of positive energy. So that's also part of, of what I do. And I'm, I'm a small investor in some customer experience startups, uh, mainly companies that develop technology that can be used to improve the customer relationship. Thank you very much. And I can confirm to the audience that it's not watching the video that I'm not speaking with an avatar or with an hologram as the real Steven in front of me. Um, and it took really time to discuss on, on this, uh, on this podcast. Thank you very much. I think what you're saying is, it's, it's extremely important and it's extremely interesting. But one question that I need to ask with everything, what you are doing, do you have also time to sleep? <laughs> I do. I do. I, I usually sleep six to seven hours a day. But um, if you would talk to my wife, she would say that I'm an extremist in terms of, of planning and organization. I, I basically time every minute of the day, every activity before I start doing it. I, I give myself a max time frame that I can spend on it. And then it's my goal to finish that within that time frame. And by doing so, apparently, yeah, I, I managed to combine all these activities. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's really interesting. Su super structured, extremely structured and um, and really a thought leader in this field. Perhaps could you share with us your personal values that drive you in life? Yeah, um, number of things. For, first of all, I'm, um, I'm, a, I'm a family guy. So I, I, I spend a lot of time with my work, uh, but all the other moments I spend with my family. I, I don't really do other activities than that. We, we travel a lot. I want to show my children the world. 
and show them that there's more than just Belgium where I live. Or I actually live in this very small town in Belgium. Beautiful place, very, very nice, safe place to live. But there's more in the world than this little town here in Belgium. So I want to show them all continents, all different cultures, because I really, really believe in the power of diversity. Um, the, the best events for me are events where you have people with 50 nationalities. I always feel that there's such an open, positive spirit. If you put all these people together, there's a lot of respect for each other. And, and those are things that I highly value. And, and I want to show that to my children. So that, that's an important part of, of who we are as a family. And, and the second thing is I'm, I'm really obsessed myself with customer experience. I'm, I, I cannot sleep if one of my customers would be unhappy or, or if they don't get a reply by me or if they don't get the answer they need. So I try to practice what I preach. And, and I think that is very valuable and, and important as well. Um, and I'm, and I'm a believer in, in hard work. I think if, if you really go after things and you really do your, your best and you really do everything within your power that you can achieve a lot. So if I would have to say it in a couple of words, it's, it's family, diversity, hard work, and, um, maybe openness is, um, is, is something that I really think is important. And I think also to understand the metaverse, we need we need to be open-minded to understand the new it's, one. Um, it's a lot of people are saying it's for the younger generation, but I think it's important to to start this game, this podcast about the metaverse, and to understand from your view on the metaverse and on Web three, and really to kick off and to make that understandable for perhaps people that are not really so expert. Uh, what what it's your definition of the metaverse? Uh, there, there are very, there are a lot of definitions out there. I, I don't really have my own. For me, it's it's a combination of of virtual worlds and the opportunities that virtual worlds bring. Um, one of the of the things when when let, let's take definition to 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 a next step, right? One of the difficulties that I feel in the whole metaverse discussion is that there's like a gap between the promise and its reality. Uh, we, we all see the videos from Mark Zuckerberg and Meta and how cool they are and how fantastic. And it's like a dream virtual world. And for many of us, this is now the visualization of what the metaverse is all about. And then you try it out. You put some virtual reality glasses on or you walk around in Roblox or you try a new augmented reality headset. And and then it's a, it's very often a disappointment if you benchmark it with the videos that you've seen. And, and this is for me one of the issues today with the definition of the metaverse, that we mingle everything with each other and, and it's like one big pile of metaverse stuff. What I like to do for myself, this really works for myself, to structure it in today, tomorrow, day after tomorrow. Uh, what if, if I look to the videos of Mark Zuckerberg, that is day after tomorrow stuff. It looks super, super cool, but it's probably going to take us 10, maybe 15 years before we even get close to that. So we, we, we shouldn't expect that today. That's day after tomorrow stuff. That's what it can become. And if you then look at today with the glasses of, of what you can achieve today, it's, it's completely different because, I mean, Roblox is a cool environment for young people. I, I'm personally not a big fan of it myself because I, I, it's, it's not my kind of activity, but I see the potential and I see what brands are doing there. This is stuff that we can do today and that brings brand value. I see a lot of applications in B2B with augmented reality that bring value today to organizations. I see a lot of cool things in the entertainment space with virtual reality, uh, games, um, experiencing things together. 
really cool stuff. That is the today world. And and in between, we have tomorrow where we're going to have more advanced headsets where it's going to evolve towards a more 3D environment where probably B2B meetings, like, I mean, we're doing this now through Zoom, so this is two-dimensional. I can imagine five years from now, maybe we're going to record this three-dimensionally. So that's tomorrow. So I think when you have a discussion in your team about the metaverse, just define what the discussion will be about. Are we going to talk about the dream of the day after tomorrow, or are we going to look for use cases with today's technology. And that makes it that makes the conversation a lot easier, is what I've learned. And what you are saying, it's it's really extremely interesting. You already mentioned some some platform. And perhaps later we can discuss also your, your personal experiences. But there are still a lot of misunderstanding what is the metaverse, what is web three, how they are they related, metaverse and web three? I think they are related. Um when you look at Web3, usually the technology, the underlying technology that we're talking about is blockchain, um, which, which is now in yeah um, difficult weather, as I can say it, that the whole crypto crisis is, and I know that the crypto thing is different than blockchain, but still they're related. And I'm afraid that the adoption and the usage of blockchain may slow down because of the crypto ice time that we're in right now. Uh, but basically, you know, I like to look at Web3 and the metaverse from a customer point of view. So I've been asking myself, what are the benefits that customers can find in these technologies? Now, if you look at Web3, one of the key benefits for me is that it's going to flip privacy and data ownership again. Today, our data is owned by the big companies. We don't really know what they do with it. Uh, we, we don't always like that feeling. What if you can flip that around and you own your data again? I think that will be one of the most important changes because of Web3 that really brings value to the market and that forces companies to be more customer-centric than they are today because you have to earn and re-earn the trust to have access to that data. That's one thing. The second benefit is um, linked to shared interest. I think that brands can become branded economies where you create some sort of an ownership that a customer is not just a customer, that a customer is not just a fan, but that they become a co-owner of, of part of your business. It's closer to shareholdership than anything else, um, where the benefits are shared. So if the company is doing well, me as a customer, I benefit from that financially. That is what blockchain technology can do. That is what NFTs can, uh, can do. This is what good NFT programs can do. I think they can create a new kind of fan program, a new kind of customer loyalty to a niche group of customers. Um, and that's that's a new benefit for, for the market. And then the third one that is more linked to the metaverse is the evolution from um, convenient interfaces or effortless interfaces to enhanced interfaces, where in the past 10 years, it was all about be becoming easy and fast. Today, that is a minimum demand. It's important, but it's a commodity. Tomorrow, it's going to be about enhanced interfaces where you create new opportunities, you create new worlds, where when you're in Disney World and you're waiting in line that you're not bored because there's this whole virtual thing happening around you because maybe you have magic glasses on that create this whole new virtual experience. Uh, that Those are enhanced interfaces. And, and those are three benefits that I see happening for customers. New privacy system, data ownership, going back to the customer, uh, shared ownership, shared interest, uh, branded economies, and then the effortless interfaces. Now, the link between the two is, of course, if you start to buy stuff in the metaverse that you're going to use the Web3 technology, the NFTs, 
to, to keep that going. So one of the central parts, central customer interfaces in the future will probably be our own digital wallet. Um, I, I always compare that with, have, have you seen these movies, um, Fantastic Beasts movies, like the sequel to Harry Potter with all these crazy Not yet. animals? There's this main character in that movie and he carries a briefcase. And when he opens the briefcase, it's like everything he owns is in there. He can almost, he can literally dive into it. And then he's in a cave and he has all his animals there. And there's a lot of things happening. That, that's how I see the wallet in a digital world, in a Web3 metaverse world. I have my digital wallet and everything I digital, digitally own is in there. And I use NFT and blockchain technology to buy stuff and keep it and prove that it's mine. And then when I go to a certain virtual world, I take my wallet with me and I have all my stuff there um, so that I don't need to, you know, create new accounts all the time, that I don't need to move my stuff all the time, but that it's just my wallet that transfers everything I am and everything that I own with me. That That's the link between the two, in my opinion, that could create a fantastic customer experience. It's, it's super interesting because you are speaking about much more engaging and entertaining experiences that we can, uh, we can have in future. For sure, the first, the prerequisite is that they should be effortless. And perhaps, as I think you are surely testing a lot of these, these opportunities, what's your best experience that you personally had in the metaverse? My best experience is, is related to gaming and entertainment. I'm, um, I'm a huge fan of, of a company called The Park. It actually started in, in Belgium. Now, now they're also in the UK and they're going to expand throughout Europe. But the park is for me the best possible VR metaverse gaming environment that I've that I've done. I, I know that most people talk about Dreamscape. Uh, maybe you've done Dreamscape. They have it in the Dubai Mall. They have one in, in Beverly Hills. I tried it out and, and the visuals of Dreamscape are amazing. Huh? And you're like part of this film and you're witnessing this film in 3D and there's so many things happening around you. But the thing is, in Dreamscape, the interactivity is pretty low. Uh, you can push a button once or twice and then something happens. But in general, you're just watching a film and you're part of that film, which is cool and I love it. But the park goes goes further than that. In the park, it's a game. And it's like you're Indiana Jones and you have to find the Holy Grail. And, but you are Indiana Jones and you're doing everything you can and you are shooting people and you are walking and you are solving riddles with a team. It's always with a team of people. And it the, the visuals are stunning, uh, but the interactivity that you get is so good. And I've done it so many times and witnessed so many people doing it. You're so in that world that you forget that there are other people around you. And, and for me, that is what the metaverse is around, that I'm really in that world. I walk around. It's a free roaming game. And I was just so impressed with uh, with that experience. It looked like super immersive, as we would say in the customer experience world. And which one was the worst one? And I am asking because I'm not an expert as, as you are. I tried out also a lot of several um, solutions, several platforms. And my example that I'm always doing is Decentraland. I went there and it remembers me the games that we played 15 years ago with this shooting stuff. Where do you say these strange uh, people running around? There is no way to interact. I tried several times to interact with other people. That was not possible. And, and therefore, sometimes it's not yet there. But perhaps what was your experience, one of the worst ones that you had? Well, I, I have to be honest, Greg, I, I share your experience. I, I, 
I don't get the whole thing. Um, I, I, I see people walking around. I hardly see people walking around there because the number of users is very limited and, and nothing happens. I mean, and people are buying land there and spending a lot of money. And if you buy land next to Snoop Dogg, it, it becomes very expensive to get land there. But I cannot imagine spending a lot of time there. I don't think that is what the metaverse is all about. And, and I agree, the interface, it looks like something from 15 years ago. And it's yeah for me it's it it's it's nothing that I that I really find engaging or immersive. It's it's not what what I visualize when I talk about the metaverse. And it's also when you look at their their numbers. I don't know it by heart anymore, but it's it's pretty low. Uh, the number of people that come back it's 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 going to be one of their challenges to make sure that they have people there to um, to to visit all these buildings that they want to build. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing your, your personal experiences. Now, perhaps also to understand, you shared a lot about gaming and also about education. What are possible use cases in the metaverse in the short term, as you mentioned now? Yeah, well, there, there, there are a lot, I think. Uh, of course, gaming is, is one of them. Uh, that's obvious. But I'm also a big believer of creating new business models in the, in the event space. Like um, last summer, Coldplay came to Belgium. Um, they are very popular, so a lot of people tried to get tickets, and a lot of people didn't manage to get tickets. I was fortunate. I had tickets, so we could go with our family. It was really cool, uh, an amazing show, and they did four shows in Belgium. So they had about 200,000 people that were able to, to go live. That's the best possible experience you can get. Today, the alternative is a two-dimensional alternative. You watch things on YouTube or, or on TV. And it's okay. It's it's nice to see, but it's nothing compared to the real thing in terms of, of atmosphere and, and the experience that you have. What if you could build a metaverse version in between that? And that you say, okay, there were 200,000 people who actually got life tickets, but maybe there are 500,000 people more that wanted to get tickets but didn't get them. What if we create a metaverse concert and experience for those 500,000 people and we let them pay maybe only 10 euros per person, then you make a lot of money extra. And it's an environment that you could create that they really experience the show in Brussels together with their friends in VR. And, and it could be something truly unique. So I think that is a use case that we should definitely look into. How can we extend the, the event possibilities and, and really make that more and more immersive and not just stream it to a two-dimensional channel? That is one thing. Um, when you mentioned education, I think that there the opportunities are endless. Huh? Uh, maybe maybe you've read the book Ready Player One, which is like the classic uh, metaverse book. Um, I like the, the book much better than the film. Uh, in this case, it's it's really a big difference between the two. But the way that they describe education in that book, that, that is just insane. I, I remember last November... Um, we had a week holiday here in Belgium, school holiday. And, and with our family, we traveled to Egypt. My children wanted to see the, the pyramids and the temples and, and all those kind of things. And after a week being there, they, they were amazed. It was, it was truly, truly impressive to see all these, all these things. And I told them that at a certain moment when they were so impressed, I told them, well, you know, in a few years, you're going to learn more about this in school. And my oldest son, he's 13. He said, yep, the boring part. And he was like, this is the real thing. Here I see it. Here I can touch things. I hear stories from the people from Egypt and I feel how proud they are. And, and my teacher will not be able to deliver that same experience. 
And then I was thinking, what if you create a, a virtual world about uh, the, the graves? And, and I saw yesterday in the newspaper, actually, that they actually built this. They made the, the tomb of uh, Tutankhamun. Uh, it's exactly 100 years ago that they found it, this November. It was 100 years ago. It's in 1922. And he created his tomb so that students from schools can actually walk in the tomb and, and see everything. And it looks really very, very well made. Those experiences for educational purposes, wow, that could that could really change some. This is not a textbook thing. It's something that you can let people experience that aren't lucky enough to travel to all places. Imagine what you can do there to to make it engaging for children. So I really hope we're going to see more of that. I, what you're saying, it totally makes sense. And it remembers me also about my school time. Then where I learned a lot was with engaged uh, teachers that explain that with engagement and with big interest, instead of somebody only reading through the book or something like that. And exactly. now it's completely new world and, and there are big, big opportunity to offer that. And um, you mentioned that at the beginning that there, there is a threat that now there is a lot of buzz around the metaverse, but we are not yet there. A lot of people are trying like us going into the center land and it's quite, sorry to say, boring. And therefore, um, perhaps could you share from your point of view, what are the biggest, biggest threats now in the metaverse? Well, um, to, to turn the question around first, I, I think that the the impact that Roblox has, for instance, is is quite significant. Uh, there there are many many companies who who have their events on Roblox. There are many companies who do PR stuff on Roblox, organize concerts there, and and if they do it right, it's it's usually a big success that they have ten thousands of people joining in if they do something unique, and and that's a platform where a lot of young people spend a lot of their time. So that makes a lot of sense. The same thing can be said for Fortnite. Uh, uh, Fortnite is no longer a game. It's a virtual world where a lot of things happen. Like this week, there was the Mr. Beast contest in uh, Fortnite, and the best player could win $1 million that Mr. Beast gave them. Um, we had concerts in Fortnite with more than 15 million people joining at the same time. So you see how these platforms become very, very interesting. And I think this is the most important thing to, to look at when you start something in the metaverse as a brand and you want to create PR or you want to create, you want to learn, you need people that are going to be there. So the question is, where do you start with your metaverse project? And, and my feeling is that you need to start where the community is already active and where you already have a community. And this is the opportunity and the threat at the same time. The threat is that you build something and then no one shows up or that no one is using it. So it's a little bit like with social media in the beginning, go where the people are and then you can learn. If you know that a lot of people are on Roblox, if you know that a lot of people are on Fortnite, why go somewhere else or create something totally different where you have to build that community? Uh, that, that won't work. So go where the flow is. And, and that is, that is, I think, the most important thing if you want to do something today in a virtual world. Uh, I think what you're saying, it totally makes sense. And in one of your videos, you're sharing something like the average age of um, people in Roblox is 16, something like that. And people are spending a lot of time, more than two, two hours uh, a day in, in these vir virtual worlds. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? Well, it's it's probably Roblox is today one of the best platforms to achieve a young audience huh? because you're you're 
you're right. The, the, and I don't know the latest figures, but the ones that I used were from last year. And I think back then they had about 50 million active users, um, average age between 16 and 24. So it's really the youngest group of the audience. And the ones that go there spend indeed like two and a half hours per day, which is amazing. So it shows that the platform for them brings value, that they like to walk around in these virtual worlds and that it's something that they like. Um, it's yeah, and it's something totally different than TikTok, for instance, a platform that is also very popular with the younger generation. But TikTok is then fast and fun and entertaining and very personalized. Roblox is then for me a slower environment where people are curious to discover new things and where they take the time to maybe hang out with friends or maybe discover some new virtual worlds or walk around in a theme park they like. So it's it's an endless offering of, of virtual worlds that they can discover together with others. And that is something that, that people enjoy these days. So as a brand, if you want to reach youngsters today, Roblox is a very interesting platform. TikTok is a very interesting platform. Uh, thank you for sharing that. And perhaps also for us, let's say, uh, customer experience professionals, uh, what's the, what is the impact of metaverse on customer experience discipline? Well, um, I think that the the opportunity is that you will be able to create more immersive experiences with your brand uh, and that you have the opportunity to bring people really into your environment um, without them having to leave the house. Uh, today, if you look to the touch points that an average customer has with a company, I think the large majority of those touch points is online today. We use their, their app, we see online advertising, we go to their site. I mean... Uh, I spend a lot more time with the brands that I use virtually than I go physically. That doesn't mean that the physical part is unimportant because it's, it's also a crucial touch point. But in terms of frequency, it's probably 80-20, something like this. Um, which means that the opportunity is there to even create that more immersive, make that better, make it more storytelling, make it more entertaining, maybe improve your customer service. Uh, I can imagine that you could use metaverse applications to help people install a new TV, maybe. Uh, you could help people install or, or repair some, if their internet modem isn't working, that you help them repair it. Today, most people go to YouTube and then you type in something and you always find a solution. Uh, what if you have a virtual environment where you can even see it better than today? Those kind of applications are things that we're going to see, see coming. So the enhanced immersive interface, I think that's the biggest benefit uh, in terms of customer experience. Thank you very much. And I was not sure you were you, you would accept my invitation to this podcast. And therefore, I, I, was always, I always think, what's the one question I would ask Stephen if he would accept only to answer one question? And this is the following. Okay. How do you see the metaverse impacting our life in 2030? How would it impact our life? And I, I think the impact will be less than what most people think today. Um, because, I mean, if, if you listen to, I've, I've listened to some hour-long podcasts where Mark Zuckerberg was interviewed. Um, he, he suddenly did a number of those last year. And I've been listening for hours and hours to what he said. And basically what he, he said in that, in that podcast is that the technological challenge is much higher than what they anticipated. If you know that Meta now invested more money into their metaverse applications than Apple invested in the iPhone, and you see how 
slow the progress is at this time, how it's still gimmicky and, and not living up the dream, then it shows that, in my opinion, and that's also what I understood from what he said, and, and I, I think we're going to need a new generation of hardware and a new generation of software before we actually get there. And my fear is, like 2030, Greg, is, is seven years from now. My fear is that we're going to, by then, get stuck to the 90% living up the dream. A little bit like we had with voice assistants. If I would have been in your podcast five years or six years ago, I would be raving about voice assistants because I saw the potential and the opportunities of it. I bought all of them. I have them all at home. And I always said, look at what they can do today. Imagine that we add five or six or seven years to it. It will be a totally different world. And it's not happening. So you, you see that the, the really advanced technological stuff that we've been talking about now is really, really difficult to let it jump from the 90 to the 100% experience. And, and we had the same with smartphones. Huh? We, we had to wait until the iPhone after the BlackBerry moment before it really took off. I think we're going to have the same with Metaverse, that we're going to have, we have to have some kind of moment after the Meta moment to really have it going. And maybe that's when Apple launches a, a headset. That's maybe when a new platform pops up. That's maybe the, the partnership, if it goes through, between Microsoft and Activision Blizzard, uh, which is a very interesting one. Um, yeah, maybe that will be the case. If you ask me what will be the killer, what will be the killing field in 2030, I think entertainment in a B2C world, gaming, events, those kind of things. But maybe the metaverse will be bigger in B2B by 2030. I think the our meeting culture could probably change. Today we do two-dimensional meetings. Um, I think Microsoft Teams is really working hard to make it better and to make it more metaverse-like. And it could very well be that there we have a, a completely different approach in, in setting up meetings. I think in B2B, we're going to have a lot of niche use cases that really bring value in service and repairs, in events, in you know, going to trade shows could be vir done virtually. So I see a lot of potential there to reach a mass audience in B2B. And in B2C, entertaining, gaming, events, I think that will be the biggest market. The only thing that I can say is thank you very much, Stephen, for, for your time. The game is coming to an end, but we still have three minutes as extra time. And <laughs> I have three questions for you. Okay. Um, is um, there a book that you would like to suggest to the audience that helped you during your life or, the, or during your career? Well, one of my favorite books in terms of customer experience is The Power of Moments by Dan and Chip Heat. I, I think it's a very simple message that they bring, but it's so valuable. And I think every customer experience professional can learn from that. I would highly recommend that one. Thank you very much. And what's the best way to contact you? Um, best way to contact me is uh, LinkedIn is a good way to reach out to me. Um, people can come to my site where my email address and all those things can be found and they can reach out. And basically on every social, every social channel, I'm, I'm on Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on TikTok. I'm, I'm on all these channels and I share a lot of content around customer experience. So everyone is welcome to join. 
Thank you very much. You will find all the information in the show notes. If somebody has interest, you will find everything. Also the books uh, that Stephen uh, that Stephen wrote. My suggestion is really follow uh, Stephen YouTube channel because it's full of insight. You can learn a lot and you can spend or invest a lot of time learning about customer experience and in particular the future of customer experience. The very last question is. Stephen's golden nugget, it's something that we discussed or something new that you would leave to the audience. Yeah, well, I think if you if you talk about future technologies and you want to discuss those, there are two things that I would recommend. The first one is don't keep going about the technology, but think about what could this technology create in terms of value for the customer. Always look at it from a customer point of view. Don't get excited about technology, get excited about customer benefits. That's one thing and the second one if you feel that there's this discussion about how oh, i believe that this will happen and someone else doesn't and you feel that that creates tension in the discussion just use a very simple framework that i used in the beginning of the talk what is today what is tomorrow what is day after tomorrow and ask the group what are we going to talk about first and that makes the discussion a lot easier and you it will take you to a whole new dimension by just using a very simple structure thank you very much we conclude with steven's golden nugget Please, Stephen, stay with me. To the audience, it was a great pleasure. Thank you very much. I learned a lot also today with Stephen's insight about the metaverse. If you have any feedback, feel free to reach out to me or to Stephen. Uh, feedback is a gift, and therefore, uh, thank you very much. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please share the word of mouth. Subscribe it. Share it. Until the next episode, please don't forget, we are not in a B2B or B2C business, we are in a human-to-human -human environment. Thank you!